0: Hello and welcome back to Your Lit Professor's Mixtape. Here's our
1: 10th episode. How are you feeling about that? Wow, I did not realize it was 10 until right now, and uh, that's pretty cool. I know, we're, we're in the double digits, can't go back now.
0: <laughs> we're back to recording after a brief uh, hiatus.
1: Well, it was a hiatus for us, but probably no one else not noticed. Not for you guys, yeah.
0: It was just that school started, and we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, yeah. I wrote the set.
1: So couldn't record that weekend because it was kind of stressful. How did that go? We don't talk about it. We're We're not going to talk about it. It was a blur. It was a blur. Yeah. That's right. Anyway
0: this is an episode that I have been excited about from the start. (laughs) From the very very beginning. This is like. Can
1: confirm. When I
0: even even before we started a podcast I was thinking I would love to write an essay on this topic. Hmm. So I'm glad that we can kind of almost record a verbal essay on it that's exactly what we're doing that's what we're doing right so we're talking about Beyonce today we're gonna talk a little bit about her and you know her personality her public image persona how we personally feel about her what music we like of hers then we're gonna go deep into Lemonade we're gonna focus on that album specifically and the
1: accompanied like visual film exactly yeah yeah Yeah, the film that aired on HBO and then is now available for purchase on Title <laughs> and iTunes and I iTunes. Think. Oh yeah. yes, that's why right. you can purchase it on, it on iTunes. Yeah, but if you have Title, you can probably watch it. Right. Still don't know anyone who has Title. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Everyone's on Spotify. I know. Does anyone have Title? Like, if you have Title, Tidal, Tidal. can you let us know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious like what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then we're gonna introduce a little bit of theory. We're gonna go into that. Yeah, and that's what we do. That's what we do here. You know, we love our theory. So, before we start, you know, diving into her album, let's talk a little bit about Beyoncé. Beyoncé the person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was asking myself, like, what is the trajectory of Beyoncé's rise? Because I realized, it felt to me, like she had literally always been around. I actually can't remember a time in my life without Beyoncé, which is weird. I'm not even, I'm not the biggest Beyoncé fan, just like, to put it out there, I think she's great, but I was never super into her music, but... I realized that it's just, like, she has literally always been in my life. She spanned decades. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, first with Destiny's Child. Exactly, And then when she yeah. went
0: solo and stuff like that. I remember as a kid, my mom, like, bursting into my room Saturday mornings, being like, it's time to clean! Wake <laughs> up! And with Destiny's Child playing in the background, because that was, like, her cleaning music. So <laughs> iconic. So I've got I've got that, uh, you know, association. Yeah. <laughs> with Destiny's Child. But, um... Great stuff. I was, thinking, I was thinking about Beyonce's most, like, iconic moments. Okay, yeah. Things that came to mind was, like, her maternity picture that she posted well, on Instagram. Yeah. I, I, it's one of the
1: most liked pictures of all time. Of all time. Yeah. I
0: think there's, like, what, th- how many million, like, 13 million likes on that picture? I, yeah, Something wild like, like that? It's unbelievable. Um, recently her Coachella performance. Yeah. People started calling it Beychella because yeah. there's no way anyone could have topped her performance. Um... Even, like, back to the time where Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift, that infamous moment, by saying, Beyonce had the best music video of
1: all time! Yeah. You know? There's there's just something about Beyonce where she is, like, trend, like, she transcends all other stars for some reason. Yeah. Even if you're not, like, a huge fan, I think you would say, like, yeah, Beyonce is, like, at a whole nother level. She can do no wrong, yeah. it seems. exactly. I agree. And
0: to the point where she's... She's able to drop albums without advertising them, without giving us any kind of, you know, release date Mm -hmm. or even notion that she's working on music. They just come up out of the blue. Yeah. Like, she did that with her self-titled album. And then she did that with Lemonade.
1: Where were you, April twenty third, twenty sixteen? I actually remember. It's, I, like I remember being in residence and like Me it too. having dropped, yeah. and <laughs> and then being like, I need to watch this right now, and then going back to my room and like watching it on my computer. Like that's so weird. Like, There's very few things that I remember. Yeah. And actually, one of the other things I remember, like that specifically music-wise, is when the telephone music video came out, oh and my I gosh. watched it like at seven a.m. when it had came when it came out, which. For me, it was like a Lady Gaga thing, but Beyonce was in that as well. That's so, true. Yeah. that's
0: true. I do. I do remember watching it in my dorm room when it was yeah, Lemonade. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my first thought was, oh, I got. I better buy it. I'm gonna go buy it. And yeah, and you bought did. it on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. I know. How much did that cost you? Oh, I think with the film, it was twenty bucks. Yeah. It's so like album and movie. Well, worth it. Worth right? it. Worth it. So let's dive into Lemonade a bit further. Okay. It's an album, but it's accompanied by
1: a short film. I think she's called it a visual album. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, short film is kind of, It's kind of hard to characterize it as that, because it, it is an hour in length. Mm-hmm. It was shown on HBO. I mean, I guess you could call it, I guess it's a short film in some ways, but it's so much more than that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the, the album is basically a story about being cheated on by her husband going through the affair emotionally like processing it and the album is divided up into 11 pieces Mm -hmm. ranging from intuition to redemption right so it's like you know her first inkling that something's wrong going into um her kind of accepting this obstacle in their marriage and overcoming it and coming out stronger than ever
1: exactly yeah what was your first reaction to the album i mean i thought it was really amazing i had never i i had had never and i still have not seen anything quite like that before like a visual album with songs and um it's interspersed with poetry which uh the poetry was actually written by Warson shire Mm -hmm. who's a london-based somali poet i i thought it was beyonce's own poetry at the time but it's not yeah i did at first too um the music is her poetry yeah exactly (laughs) you know exactly yeah it's it's really cool. It's beautiful. The songs are great. I had a very positive reaction. I was I was shocked. I okay. thought it was like amazing, brilliant. Wow, yeah. Just
0: the visuals, it was one of the most visually appealing things I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, some of this just really stuck with me, some of the imagery. Like I I haven't seen I watched it at first when it came out and then I watched it again to prepare for this episode, right? right? And still the image that I had in my mind like throughout like how many years, the past two years, was that image of her in um, Love Drought when she's on the chair that's sitting. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, she's, like, like vertical. No. She's horizontal, like, on the chair. Okay. No. Uh, no, not quite sure. <laughs> you don't remember? The, the, the chair is, like, she's on the ground. on the chair? No, the chair is, like, on the ground yeah. on its back. Yeah. And she's sitting on it as if it was upright. Oh, okay. So, she's got her legs over the side and okay. she's, yes. like, that, for some reason, stuck with me. And there's, okay. like, flowers around her and it's beautiful and... Uh, oh, the imagery from Hold Up as well, when oh. she opens the doors in the water. Absolutely. Floods I'm gonna up. talk about that a little later. Yeah, later. we're gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about Hold Up. Um, and the poetry as well. Yeah. Amazing. Just beautiful.
1: Totally. Like I I was I was floored. <laughs> I think what surprised me actually the most as someone who wasn't super familiar with Beyonce to start was how artistic it was. hmm I don't think I, I didn't really think Beyonce could be that um, highbrow. You yeah, know, this isn't maybe the most accessible album if you consume it in the visual form. It's pretty obscure. You got to like think about it and and dig into it if you want to know, you know, what's going on completely apart from the Jay-Z cheating thing, which sort mm-hmm. of seems obvious, but yeah, I did not I didn't really think of I just thought of Beyoncé as your basic pop star. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it takes a real master to create something like this,
0: like to have yeah. such presence, such power, such artistic integrity and vision, you know, she is exactly. a true artist. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing. Like this all relates back to womanhood, specifically black womanhood, mm-hmm. motherhood, spirituality, just emotions, adultery, everything. Right.
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on, <laughs> there's a lot exactly. going on
0: but it doesn't feel overwhelming to
1: me. You know no no it's not I, I mean I think it, it follows like a linear progression it's uh yeah it, it is coherent and it, it it's I mean it's beautiful to watch so if you just were to watch it for the sake of appreciating beauty you could totally do that as well yeah and I think it's kind of ironic that
0: the title comes from saying you know when life gives you lemons you make lemonade mm, yeah. which seems so cliche to me yeah it is such a cliche it's, it's just for something so revolutionary, it feels odd, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I guess so. I hadn't... Yeah. Like the... I mean, life gave her lemons, as in life gave her a cheating husband. Right, So well, she's gonna make the best, sweetest <laughs> version of it. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna go deeper yeah, into that, Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, there's also the commentary on racism and pl- uh, police brutality in there as well. Um, and it's interesting that she had people like Serena Williams... To-
1: yeah, totally, sure, love- and I'm I I have a comment on that for later. Do you all right for later? I, I do do love me a good Serena Williams. Yeah,
0: yeah. and sh- I mean now, two years after the album's release, you know Serena Williams has been up to a
1: lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean they both have. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah.
0: I mean, I think it means so much more now, considering what she's faced with motherhood and racism. And yeah, I, I
1: think it, and and I think well we'll maybe talk about this later but I'll mention it now in that I think like the album being released at that time only served to strengthen what's going on right now, like between her and Jay Z and that they're on tour and like with all the kids and the whole they're back in that sort of love phase of their of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that this album only served to actually strengthen their bond and the bond that we as like fans perceive that they have. Yep. But maybe we'll talk about that once we...
0: We'll get into yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm going to throw at you some theory.
1: Yes, you, you start with the theory.
0: This is one of the... Like, this is the main connection I want to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about Beyoncé and Lemonade versus the death of the author, yeah. which is a text by French author and Scorpio Roland Barthes.
1: Oh, of course he's a Scorpio. <laughs> he's, of course
0: he's a Scorpio. Uh, so this is a key piece of theory we're going to use when discussing the album as a whole. So basically, what Bart was saying is when you're trying to discern meaning from a text, you should not and cannot consider the author's identity. You can't take into context their personal history or even their artistic intent. A text is meant to be analyzed on its own. So basically, this is, what this is saying is that we can't make assumptions like, oh, this character in the book is meant to represent the author's father. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. don't do it. Just don't. The text is a standalone thing that we're meant to analyze on its own. But it's hard to do sometimes. And it's definitely not, I think, our first reaction to a text. right? We have to consciously decide to separate it from the artist, right? Exactly. So I remember when this album first came out, everyone was like, holy shit, did this actually happen? Did he actually cheat on her? To the point where Jay-Z was getting death threats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the entire... beehive is, uh... <laughs> oh,
0: on it. Powerful. On it. And, like, the whole world was scrutinizing their public... or their private life, mm-hmm. right? So, well, there still was the question of what if this is all a performance? What if she's just playing another character? Because she's already shown the world the character of Sasha Fierce, who is right. her supposed alter ego. So people are like, oh, what if this is another character? What if this is another, mm-hmm. you know, side of her or alter ego or whatever? But, um until Jay-Z actually did admit to cheating on her. Right. <laughs> you know, so you
1: know that it was founded in her real life experiences. Yeah. So so I have I have two responses to that. Mm-hmm. And one is like going back to our last episode where we talked about separating the artist from their art. And this is definitely something that we try to do like especially for works of literature. Um but I I do think it becomes more complicated when we approach it from a musical perspective and like it's I think it's good to do it like what we're gonna what we talked about right now but also the artist is so deeply intertwined with their public persona and their public persona influences their music and their music and they know that it does so that it becomes hard and perhaps even sometimes like not right to separate the artist from their art do you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah so I think it, I think it can be good to approach like lemonade, especially from both perspectives. Interesting. From an isolated perspective, where we're saying like, there's really no way we could ever know that if this is true or not. And even with Jay Z admitting it, like I, I, I don't know if I still if I buy that completely because that's their public personas. Yeah, I feel like um, you think he could be lying. I, I totally do. Ooh. I think those are their public personas. I mean, what better way? To like shake up their fan base than to think, like, oh, well, they're gonna, Beyonce's fans are gonna hate that Jay Z cheated on her. Of course, they think no man is good enough for Beyonce, because really, no man is good enough for Beyonce. It's fair. But by breaking it and then rebuilding it, it only becomes stronger. I think, like, what a perfect marketing ploy.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: their whole narrative, like, when I was listening to their, disto- like their combined discography, It's all about, like, oh, we're crazy in love. We're drunk in love. Mm. Like, our love is so overwhelming and powerful. And when you break it, it's completely shocking because they've been together for so long. Um, But really, could they keep doing that, like, crazy in love, drunk in love thing forever? It might get boring. So you shake it up, you break it, and you rebuild it. And it's like, damn, we come out like a completely new Couple on the other end. It's risky, though. How do you know it was worth the risk? Is the question. Because you're Beyonce, you can do no wrong. But uh,
0: well, you could have like millions of people hating your husband.
1: Yeah. Is it worth it? I don't know. I I mean, I just I, I we can never know. Yeah. But I think that's totally. I personally think it's totally plausible that they could have done that. It's interesting. I never thought. I wanted, I want to believe.
0: <laughs> i want to believe believe that it was real Yeah. yeah yeah i don't want to believe that they're lying to us right but then again beyonce is very very controlling of her own public image right she doesn't let anything slip through the cracks yeah you know she's very private very uh i don't know she she but then again by releasing this album she still has the control because she's doing it all in her own terms she totally still has the control yeah, yeah like she's producing it she's editing it she's directing it she's mm-hmm. writing
1: her music and her she's lyrics she's defining the narrative and the way people interpret for herself Yes, yeah and she's profiting off of it yeah immensely. and some people don't like that I'm gonna talk about that later yeah
0: as she says the best revenge is your paper ooh I, <laughs> I mean I like that but also Jay-Z is profiting off of it because yeah. she's putting it on his streaming service right
1: like <laughs> yeah that you gotta question that. Yeah. If you really were mad, at not like you'd get revenge in some other way. Yeah. I you know, I don't know. I just I'm a little skeptical. It's interesting that it's a completely genuine sort of artistic project. Yeah. Why well, are this quote from Pitchfork? From Oh I, lo- I love it. I know you love Pitchfork. Pitchfork. Tell me.
0: I think they gave this album of eight point five. It's pretty very high. Very high. high yeah. Actually her self titled Beyonce was eight point eight. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I know. Okay. I know. So pitchwork says because nothing she does is an accident, let's assume she understands that any song she puts her name on will be perceived as being about her very own public relationship. So what we think we know about her marriage after listening is the result of Beyonce wanting us to think that. Mm. So exactly. Even, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a little skeptical. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it is interesting. So I I have one other thing I want to talk about. Are you done with the death of the author? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think there are two ways that you can approach this album. And one is the death of the author and the question of, is this real? Whatever, you know, the yep. Jay-Z cheat. And the other is using a black feminist lens. And I think that's a whole other role that the album plays mm-hmm. is as just this really strong black feminist narrative. And there are tons of academic articles on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reference one from the journal Taboo. It's an article by Zephy Gaines. And basically what Gaines argues is that, like, lemonade is a text of self-love for black women more than anything else. Um, I mean, can you think of some obvious examples of this? In the... In the, Yeah. Like, what kind... Of, if, if I'm to tell you, like, oh, lemonade is a text of, like, black self-love mm-hmm. for women... Oh, formation, formation! Oh, yeah. of course, absolutely.
0: Like, I mean, it's what we were talking about before with can white people cover formation yeah. or should they? The answer is no because it's for black women. Exactly, <laughs> it's not for us. But I uh, mean, anywhere else throughout, like even like just oh, small freedom! Things. Yeah, of course, she's got. Uh, oh my gosh, all those beautiful women. Mm-hmm. With, um, and the ballet dancers and stuff like that, right? Actually, every background dancer she has there is a go. black woman. <laughs> That's what I was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, even like um, in what's the what's the song? Oh gosh, uh, don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. The drummer is a black woman, right? Like yeah. in every aspect, you've got black women, and even in her Coachella performance, she made sure that all of her background dancers, you know, even all of her uh, violinists and stuff like that were black women. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There's two. I think there are two conspicuous absences in this visual album, mm-hmm. and one is an absence of men, mm-hmm. generally speaking, and an absence of white women. Yep. You really, I think, that I, I remember seeing, like, one white woman in, like, the far background, and that was mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah. Well, even in the song uh, Daddy Lessons, she's got the guy in the guitar, but he's shrouded in darkness, mm-hmm. right? So you don't
1: even get to see him. Excellent. Yeah, good mm-hmm. point. So I think, I, have, I found this really interesting... What mentioned in the article was this really interesting four-part method for understanding how black feminist art and activism connect, uh, contend with the intersection of race and gender. Ooh. So this was put forth by a sociologist named Patricia Hill Collins. Go Patricia. Yeah, and I think all four aspects connect to Lemonade. So awesome. we, can, we can go through them. So one is a rebuttal of stereotypical depictions of black women. Hmm. You know, I, when I think of that, I think of the recent comic that was made of Serena Williams after she lost at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. Um, Stereotypical, extremely offensive. Of course, you don't get that anywhere in Lemonade. Yeah. Right? Yep. The second thing is that uh, this feminist art and activism engages and takes on systems of oppression. Mm. And we can talk about that after I say the the second two. (laughs) Okay. Third is the merging of activism and intellectualism, which is sort of like you could say all activism does this. Yep. And then fourth is asserting the beauty of black women's cultural heritage. Oh. And I think <laughs> Lemonade does all of these. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about engaging and taking on systems of oppression mm-hmm. and then asserting the beauty of black women's cultural heritage, heritage together. Yep. I think, um, like, slavery. Let's talk about slavery. Mm-hmm. That's definitely in Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the
0: whole thing is shot in like the Deep South, right? Right. And she talks about being from Alabama and Texas, you know, exactly, yeah, <laughs> places that
1: are known for being uh, racist and <laughs> totally. And a lot of the scenes are of like those manners, um, oh, estates. Beautiful. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. They're beautiful, but they were also like the sites of black enslavement mm-hmm. and just like extremely terrible things went down. Yeah at the plantations, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But Beyonce sort of, like, reclaims the space, right, by having it inhabited by black f- female mm-hmm. bodies. Yep. I think that's a really powerful um, visual. Mm-hmm. But it's also saying, like, we can reclaim this space and make it our own. It's just like you reclaim language, and through that you get power by you know, certain words. Yep. Um, There's also the point where um, she has the mothers
0: of, I think, Eric Gardner, uh, Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown right. holding pictures of their sons who were killed by police. Mm-hmm. Their innocent sons, <laughs> or not
1: police, white people, let's say. Yeah, because Trayvon Martin right. was Wasn't shot killed. by. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's, in that way, she's confronting not only the past, but how the past has continued to have repercussions, right to the modern day. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. This article that I was reading by Gaines had a really interesting. Thought about the opening scene, you know, where she's in the field, in the cornfield, and um, Zayn sort of calls this like a primordial scene, like the birth of of black heritage in America. Um, And then when at the end of that song, when Beyonce jumps off the roof, Mm -hmm. remember that? You think she's going to die? It's actually quite a scary scene, I think. And instead, she falls into water. I mean, as soon as you think of, and as soon as you see water, what do you, what do you think of? Like birth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So in that way you can sort of interpret it as a rebirth, Mm -hmm. just leaving the cornfields that were the site of intense oppression and, and terrible things. And she's being reborn and she's sort of rewriting narrative even even like i was talking about before the
0: part where the door is open and the water spills out and hold up starts it's yeah. like almost like water breaking from a womb mm. you know and she's emerging as you know reborn as a child totally. right totally
1: we can actually talk about hold up i had a i would I love to yeah. <laughs> can i share my, mine just really brief sure, i'll, go for I'll it. share mine first so it was um basically you know that iconic yellow dress that beyonce wears avali yeah in this in this um Video. This part of the video, two scholars, Kamaria Roberts and Kenya Downs, have argued that that yellow dress is actually her portrayal of an African Yoruba goddess named. I think I'm pronouncing it. I may probably wrong. It's called Ocean. Oh, yeah, O S H U N, who is a female goddess of sensuality, love, and fertility, who is often shown in yellow and surrounded by water. Wow. So in that way, Beyonce is is giving black women this this heritage and this narrative and saying like this is your history and here it is and like use this for strength and mm-hmm. to define yourselves I think that's, that's a meaningful. really cool connection I would never have known that no it's amazing that's amazing and you see the
0: deeper we get into this the more I'm like holy shit Beyonce is a visionary yeah <laughs> totally you know the more I learn about her the more I kind of consider her art I'm like oh my gosh yeah this is amazing amazing um, so I'm gonna get into hold up in a second, but first let's go. Let's take it back a little bit. What's your favorite song on the album?
1: Oh, <laughs> pray you catch me.
0: Mine too. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I like that. I yeah. like that it's a song that starts off the album, and I like that it starts on kind of the off beat. Mm. You know, kind of like huh, like oh yeah. It's not really on beat. It's just a little bit off. Yeah. Right. It's like she's suspicious. There's just something off. Right? It's not perfect. Right? Mm -hmm. And I, like, we know from the beginning that she's not ready to give up. She wants to be caught. She wants him to realize that she's still a singer and she still cares. Yeah. Right? That's what I think the point of Pray You Catch Me is. I think it's beautiful. It's just a gorgeous song. It is very beautiful. Synesthesia-wise, it's a beautiful, beautiful purple color. synesthesia moment, (laughs) Which is my favorite color, purple. Mm. So, like, just, it's a gorgeous song in many aspects. Um... Maybe another thing we can talk about, uh, album artwork, Mm. because I know it's something that we like to comment on. Yeah. Um, Her face is hidden. Mm. You can only really kind of see her cornrows and uh, her fur jacket, Mm. which is interesting. It's a scene cut from uh, Don't Hurt Yourself, right, during the filming of that. Um, Again, her cornrows are a statement about her identity as a black woman. Right? Absolutely. We've already talked about how hair has a lot of cultural significance, especially even with her sister Solange and her song, Don't Touch My Hair. Yeah. You know, it's a big... <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a great song. Big uh, aspect. Even, even later in the album, in Sorry, she references Becky with the good hair. Yeah, we have to talk about we that. We have to talk about yeah. that, yeah. I mean, Becky has a nickname for just a generic white woman. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And how her hair is considered perfect or beautiful or good according to like these white european beauty standards right so go run back to becky with the good hair right to this
1: idealized beautiful white woman right yeah we've talked about hair before i think in episode two on born this way yep in the song hair yep yep so yeah i mean hair is important for so many cultures but especially for black women their hair has been so politicized Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's a that's a pretty key moment.
0: Yeah, why do you think she's hiding? Why do you think we don't get to see her face on this album cover?
1: My my first response to that is that she doesn't want it to be about herself, mm-hmm. and more as it is just a black feminist narrative, mm-hmm. and it's so it's for all black women. It's yeah. not about her. Yeah. So she wants the main focus to be her hair. Yeah, and and, and that as symbolic of of. Black femininity, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the struggles that you know it has endured. I'd also
0: kind of her bowed head makes me think of praying, mm. as if she's kind of like in deep thought, or she's very pensive, or she's praying to some kind of god. She's praying he catches her, yeah. you know, in that respect. So Absolutely. it seems pious. It seems kind
1: of humble to mm-hmm. me, right? And she does mention God, in at points in the album, and particularly in referring to God as a woman, love God herself, yeah, yeah, which. You know, pre-Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was uh, And it remains a very powerful thing to do. Very subversive. Yes. And I think it's
0: in Sorry. I think it's in the song Sorry where she flashes the screen where it says, God is God and I am not. Yeah. You know? Which is also interesting because we do tend to hold celebrities up as gods. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that's kind of a statement as... You know she's kind of humbling herself again right i'm not god i'm not a god i'm a human
1: yeah right she's sort of moving the lens again away from herself and just towards either a higher power or or just you know women in general mm-hmm. black women in general mm-hmm. it's very interesting yeah let's let's talk about sorry for a second actually let's talk about serena williams in sorry yes. I talked about it a little bit before but like mm-hmm. um i think sorry is not only a song about like not needing jay-z and just being like whatever jay-z like middle finger up to Mm -hmm. you which i think you could interpret it as that Mm -hmm. but also as like i like she says i'm not sorry right like that's the song is called sorry Mm -hmm. but what it's actually about is being not sorry right um and i think it's it's also about being not sorry for her body and for being a black female and and maybe that's why she has serena williams and that's what gaines says is like who who better to epitomize the struggles of of like owning your body as a black woman than Serena Williams, who has been weirdly criticized for having this incredible athletic, female black female body, mm-hmm. like it's so people make fun of her for that or Seems like wild. critique her. You know, it's it's wild, yeah. Yeah. So by including her in this music video, like maybe Beyonce is sort of saying like, this is a beautiful black woman. Mm-hmm. She's not sorry for who she is or how she looks, and like you know, fu. Yeah, I loved seeing Serena just kind
0: of look, ha- like, happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, do her, like, little twerk and her it's really so cute, cute. bodysuit and heels. Yeah. And she looks amazing. She does. Right? Like, I, I I, don't know. It's just pure racism and misogyny. Misogynoir, if yes. you will. Yeah. To critique her body. She's
1: an athlete. Her body is the tool that she has. To yeah, <laughs> she's, like, the best athlete in the world. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. And people are, like angry that she looks this way like sorry Ugh. that she works out every single day and she could like beat you at any like what yeah i know yeah it's I mean, ridiculous it's but just ridiculous. it is a, it's a real thing yeah but so.
0: i mean overall no one no one deserves to be critiqued on what they look like no. in their body you Absolutely. know that's
1: like just a flat-out rule exactly right <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're you know thin over like heavier mm-hmm. like whatever yeah it's, yeah just so happens that women get most of those critiques, yeah. especially Black women. Yeah. So, exactly, and be, and I think Beyonce is aware of that, and that's what she's addressing or, or mm-hmm. trying to address. Maybe that point doesn't get across mm-hmm. as clearly as she would like it. And, and I'm gonna talk about bell hooks later and how bell hooks um, criticized Beyonce for, especially mm-hmm. on that point. But interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean I find it interesting that she says I'm not sorry, as if she has anything to be sorry for. You know, it's I mean, like it's like what do you what did you do wrong? You got upset that your husband of eight years cheated on you. Like right. that's a reasonable thing. <laughs> Why yeah. should you be sorry for that? That's, that, that's a reasonable true. human
1: reaction. You know, don't apologize. I would be upset if that happened to me too, right? But like at the same time, society expects women to apologize almost as if it was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's it's your fault that he cheated. Like yep. what did you do wrong? You didn't satisfy him, or mm-hmm. like what were you doing?
0: Oh, can um, I get into
1: that? Yeah. All oh, right. I want to talk about hold up. Yeah, and I think a lot
0: of that comes up in hold up. Okay. Um, First things first, the chorus was actually written by Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend. No way. Yes. No. He just did like a weird remix sample of the song "Maps" by the Yeah Yeah Yes. Okay. And if you hear that song, you're like, "Oh, well, it's obvious that." (laughs) I actually didn't pick up on it first, and then one of my friends is like, "Oh, it's the Yeah Yeah Yes," and I'm like, "It is. Holy. Oh God, I didn't realize that." (laughs) I don't know that song, but. Ezra Koenig remixed maps and then Beyonce remixed Ezra Koenig and gave them all writing credits. Oh god, <laughs> that's the right thing to do. It is. Yeah. This is there's like twelve writers for the song. Um, and fun fact, uh, guess who else was a writer on this song? You. No, but <laughs> <laughs> you're close. <sighs> Who is like
1: you, Lord? Not like
0: me. Father John Misty, actually. Oh, not a Father John. this song. Why is this dude in
1: every single episode? What? I'm getting <laughs> sick of this dude. <laughs> Damn. He clearly wants us to do an episode on him. Anyways. Oh,
0: man. He actually wrote my favorite line in this song, which is, what's worse, looking jealous or crazy?
1: He wrote that? He
0: wrote that line. Yeah. yeah. I yes, love that because I feel like it shows how women are trapped and they're doomed to be defined by one or the other. Mm. You know, a girl gets cheated on and is going to end up being jealous or crazy, right? Like these are like two boxes that women can fit in, right? And another thing I find interesting is that she uses the word looking jealous or crazy. What's worse, looking jealous or crazy, as in she's concerned with her image, mm. right? And how she comes across to others, right? Right. Is it worse if I look jealous, or is it worse if I look crazy? Right. Yes. So she's thinking about that. Um, another part that I really like is when she says, "I don't want to lose my pride, but I'm a fuck me up a bitch." <laughs> like she's just, she's
1: yeah. going for
0: it, you yeah. know? Whoa. <laughs> so even with that, she's breaking out of this good housewife mold. Mm-hmm. You know, like the image that we've that she's even built for herself throughout Beyonce, like her self titled album throughout her career, right? And here, she's not being jealous or crazy. She's being aggressive, you know, in her language and her, you know, thought process, stuff like that. I mean, she's
1: working through her emotions, right? Like, yeah. It's not jealous or crazy. It's just, like, it's like, it's you know, that's intuition to, what was it, to redemption. Mm-hmm. She's working through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: I like that a lot. Um, the line following that is, know that I keep it sexy, you know, that I keep it fun. Mm-hmm. Which uh, reminded me of the Cool Girl speech from Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. Okay. Do you know that? The I speech? don't know the speech now. Oh, all right. Background. We're going to do some background.
1: <laughs> okay, Gillian Flynn background? Gone Girl some, background? Some Gone Girl background. Okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers. This movie is about a woman who attempts to frame uh, her husband for murder. For murdering her. For murdering her. Yeah. And she, at one point, um, runs away and she goes through this whole speech about being a cool girl and how men expect women to fit this mold of a cool girl and basically to mold themselves according to this man's interests and personality and stuff like that, right? Like, you have to be a good reflection of your man, right? Mm-hmm. And she's basically calling bullshit. This is, she's like, I'm so sick of being kept in this cool girl box, like, constantly trying to achieve this, you know, cool girl image, which is unachievable, right? And so she has this whole long speech that she goes through. This is, it's amazing. <laughs> you can find the clip on YouTube of her, uh, you know, interior monologue saying this. It's wild. But um, the part that I picked out for this is where she says, cool girls are above all hot, hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a chagrined, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want. Mm. So when Beyonce says, you know, I kept it sexy. I kept it fun. She's trying to be the cool girl, right? She tried to be this cool girl for Mm Jay-Z. She tried to be the perfect wife, this perfect woman, right? But not anymore because, you know, he's crossed the line with her. And now she's allowing herself to grow into someone else. Right? She's not a cool girl anymore. <laughs> or she's a cool girl, but she's like elevated cool yeah. girl. She's, yes. She's her. She's a
1: true girl, cool girl. Now.
0: <laughs> she's defining like her own idea of cool girl. Yeah. She's not going by any man's definition of it. Right? Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was interesting. That you know? is very good. She was saying, like, I was that perfect woman for you, and then you betrayed me, and you can't expect me to keep it together and forgive you, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to be jealous. Like, allow me to feel this. Allow me to kind of feel this full spectrum.
1: Yeah, of emotion. absolutely. Right? You know, when I first saw, like, the video, and then there's the words that pop up, like, intuition, mm-hmm. anger, whatever, the, it reminded me of, like, the seven stages of grief, mm-hmm. and, like, how you actually, you have to work through each stage before you can get over something, And but it's, like, Beyonce's personalized version of those seven stages, mm-hmm. I think that's very self-aware, and mm-hmm. like, regardless of, of anything else, what she's portraying is that it's okay to to be in touch with your emotions and to feel your emotions and like that's natural and necessary even.
0: Yeah.
1: I liked that part. No, I agree. Um, yeah, that was a good analysis. Thank you. Anything
0: else you want to say about hold up?
1: Not about hold up. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I had one thing to say about don't hurt yourself. Go for it. Which is, uh, there's a a break in the song and there's this audio that comes on in, in the background and it's, um, Malcolm X speaking and, and, I just wanted to like reiterate what he says, because I think it's sort of the epitome of the black feminist narrative in this, and, and what he says is, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And I think just like that repetition, that rhetorical technique is what Beyoncé is also trying to do, at least in part on this album, is black women need... A feminist narrative and Beyonce is giving it to them and she's she's, you know she's trying to counteract this disrespect this and like this being not protected and this neglect that Malcolm X is articulating Mm -hmm. I thought that was powerful that is actually I think the
0: most shocking moment in Lemonade is in that part of the video where she tosses off her wedding ring Mm. she pulls it off and throws it at the camera (gasps) first time I saw it I (laughs) gasped Oh man! You know, I yeah, that is just a statement in itself. It totally right? is
1: without any words. It's like
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I I am like Jay Z. How do you come back from that? Yeah, you know, you have this you have this image out there of your wife tossing off the ring she gave you mm-hmm. and throwing it at the camera. I you know at that point I was like, this is <laughs> it's
1: done. It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Yeah. I mean, it sort of makes it sort of reiterates the thing that it's about Beyonce's self journey mm-hmm. because in the end it's it, it's her internal i guess dialogue and and just that she has to decide for herself whether or not she can forgive Jay-Z mm-hmm. um, whether she can carry on and so if she needs to feel anger if she needs to do you know whatever if she needs to take off her wedding ring and like crush it then that's what she needs to do to uh to decide for herself because really this isn't about anyone else but her mm-hmm. regardless of what Jay-Z did what she has to do is like some self-searching and be like can I forgive him and can I return and love him again yeah and I guess you know at the end she does decide that that is something she can do but
0: mm-hmm. something I find interesting about Don't Hurt Yourself and I'm Sorry I mean, you know two consecutive songs yeah. is that she's vulgar in it you mm. know like the language she uses is just you know like oh this is so unladylike right. <laughs> which again i think is her breaking out of her good housewife mm. shell you know absolutely of this image her cool girl image yeah. right she's saying suck on my balls balls yeah like, yeah <laughs> see, it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's
1: so like whoa whoa I, you're like well beyonce i don't think i've ever heard you say that before i know yeah. i know she went from oh drunken love, drunk, love to, yeah uh, to this right <laughs> it's a lot it's a yeah, lot yeah it absolutely is mm-hmm. Um, Well, I guess I just wanted to offer an alternative critique Mm -hmm. that, you know, in case you're not buying what we're saying, you've seen Lemonade and you're like, I don't, this isn't how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. You might be feeling how Bell Hooks was feeling after seeing Lemonade. And and Bell Hooks is a very famous feminist, a black feminist. And she saw Lemonade and she did not like it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. In fact, um, she thought... She has some very strong language. She, she says she thinks Beyoncé subscribes to fantasy feminism, um, which basically means that Beyoncé is ignorant and naive to the difficulties that come with class, race, sex, um, and that, you know, so it's not really a true feminist narrative. Whether or not you agree with bell hooks is up to you, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. She also says, and I'm going to quote here, In such a simplified worldview, women gaining the freedom to be like men can be seen as powerful. But it is a false construction of power, as so many men, especially black men, do not possess actual power. And indeed, it is clear that black male cruelty and violence towards black women is a direct outcome of patriarchal exploitation and oppression. Yeah, so... It's a lot. It's a lot. It's pretty dense. I'm not gonna get into it, but I just want to put it out there that not everyone thinks that this this text, this visual text, is indeed a feminist narrative. Mm-hmm. And someone who thinks that it isn't is actually quite a quite a well known and well regarded feminist scholar. So if you're interested in that, I would suggest reading that article and looking more into it. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I didn't think of it like that, but I don't, you know, sometimes I feel like you gotta take
1: things as they are yeah you know (laughs) I mean I I agree I I Mm -hmm. think it's definitely a feminist narrative Mm -hmm. and I think it's just a beautiful piece of art Mm -hmm. is it capitalist sure yeah you know whatever is it exploitative I don't think so Mm -hmm. but I suppose you could make that argument yeah you
0: know I think it does more good than bad let's put it that way yeah so
1: (laughs) exactly yeah a lot
0: of people have their Beyonce album and enjoy it yeah yeah so that's what I had. Yeah. Well, last, I mean, the last few things I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, we touched on Formation a little bit last All time. Already. Yeah. Um, it's a celebration of what the kids are calling Black Excellence. Mm. Uh, spawned many memes. <laughs> the
1: best. Okay. Can I, I just share the I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> best is the SNL skit, The, the Day, Day Beyonce, Beyonce Turned, turned black. black. If you have not seen this, you absolutely must see it. <laughs> what if
0: this song isn't? A... For us.
1: <laughs> Did you this? know Beyonce is black? Yeah, I'm black too. No. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Uh, so good. Like, Please watch it. Yeah. SNL, you outdid yourself with that one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And again, we we're talking about white people covering formation. And how just ingenuine Don't remind and gross me. that it feels. <laughs> Hot right? sauce in my bags. <laughs> I think this is the point at the album. It's interesting. This is the point where she finally Dances Like, mm. the whole album is choreographed, obviously, right? But this feels like dancing, you know? It's something that we know she's amazing at, right? But in all of the scenes, she's kind of like, you know, sorry, for mm-hmm. example, right? While Serena Williams is there breaking it down, she's sitting on the throne, mm. right, Beyonce? And even, and for the same um, section, when she's sitting in the back of the bus, and all the girls are dancing around her, and she's kind of looking out the, the window, right? So, mm. by the very end, she's actually dancing right back like she's dancing, moving yeah. right so it feels to me like a celebration you know she's finally kind of broken out of what's been holding her back and she's mm-hmm. letting loose right
1: yeah so i thought that was interesting that is i didn't notice that but mm-hmm. that's absolutely true
0: yeah so if it's kind of like she realizes she's strong enough to move on and mm-hmm. keep their marriage together which kind of almost makes me uncomfortable because i don't know if cheating is something to forgive that easily you know best revenge is your paper you're profiting off of it (laughs) right like it reminds me almost of like Hillary and Bill Clinton yeah you know it feels like they stayed together purely for politics and to
1: keep their marriage intact or their image intact right (laughs) I don't know if you can say that though that I think that's like you have to again it was like for Hillary and for Beyonce it was like they had to do self-searching and Mm -hmm. decide whether or not staying with their husband was the right thing and it's not as simple as like yeah he cheated I'm out Mm-hmm. Right, it's not that simple. You have this history with this person; they know you so well. They made a mistake, um, and what well, it was a conscious mistake. And I know it's not right; it's mm-hmm. definitely not right. But the choice is not as simple as just being like, "Yeah, I'm out of here." So yeah. No, definitely
0: not. Yeah. Definitely not. There's like, they have a lot of other things to consider, yeah.
1: for sure. But I don't know. I don't.
0: I don't feel like cheating is something you can forgive that easily. It's not well, a mistake. It's like a conscious.
1: I know. It, it's you know. Yeah conscious decision it's but it's not like she forgave it it's not as simple as it is in the video it's not like well of course after an hour i have forgiven him yeah i think yeah. she's like she's sort of distilled her process into mm-hmm. this one hour video but i imagine imagine they're still working through it right like it's a constant it's gonna it's always gonna be there it's not gonna you're not gonna forget that your husband cheated on you Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No. i don't know yeah i don't know because i feel like a lot of it was
1: for the sake of image That they stayed together? Yeah. And you would say the same for Hillary and Bill? Yeah. Oh, 100% for Hillary and Bill. I just... I think that that's placing, like, an unfair burden on the woman. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Because if Hillary... Okay, if Hillary had her presidential campaign in mind, she knows what kind of image she has to put out. Right? this was
1: like 20 years before the presidential campaign. I know, but still, like if
0: she knows that she wants to continue on in politics and mm-hmm. eventually achieve something like that, right? Yeah. Like she can't have this whole messy divorce on her hands, yeah. right? Something that could hold her back. No, well that that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like I'm not placing any kind of blame yeah, yeah. on on her or no. Beyonce no, whatsoever, no. but like I feel like a big factor of the reason why they stayed together was because of their public Because image. of their image?
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I think maybe you're right, I guess, but what I'm trying to say is that maybe that's not, it's not like a bad thing. Not that you're saying it's a bad thing, mm-hmm, but I think mm-hmm. some, you know, you, you stay with people for various reasons, and if part of that reason is because you have a personal, you know, interest in mind, and, you know... I, I don't know, you mm-hmm. have to be your own advocate and you have to watch out for yourself and you have to do what's best for yourself in the end and so yeah. that's what they decided, then I guess it was the best that's what thing they decided, that. yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with, you know, Beyonce who had such a young child and yeah. two more well not. Two so more did so today, did Hillary. Like Chelsea was young at that time. How old was she? Oh, she was probably like around ten, seven, ten years. <gasps>
0: How can you do that to your family? And yeah, you know that's, that's, a, just, whole that's a whole other like, issue. Like men,
1: it's like yeah. How can you? How could how you, do, you that? do that? How could you forget? Yeah. That you
0: have this? Oblig- I don't know. Yeah. Actually, there's one last thing I want to talk about. I want to say yeah. So Beyonce is on the September cover of Vogue. Right. September 2018. And she gave this really interesting quote. Because mm. she actually wrote this article about herself. Where it's very like self-reflective, okay. right? It's, in, it's Beyonce in her own words, basically. Got it. And she said, I researched my ancestry recently and I learned that I, com- I come from a slave owner who fell in love with a married slave. I had to process that revelation over time. I questioned what it meant and tried to put it into perspective. I now believe that's why God blessed me with my twins. Male and female energy was able to coexist and grow in my blood for the first time. I pray that I am able to break the generational curses in my family and that my children will have less complicated lives. Wow! is that amazing? It is amazing. It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Like wow! Just the idea of like male and female energy growing within you at the same time, like wow. That's why it is beautiful, wild. Beautiful. It is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think that's a good place to kind of. Sum up and end off is to just Absolutely. talk about where Beyonce is now. You know, the fact that she's in a seemingly happy and introspective state.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? She's got self aware. Very self aware. She's kind of this new version of herself after giving birth to twins. Mm-hmm. Right? She's still, though, still very controlling mm-hmm. of her image. Right? Yeah. She wrote this about herself. Right? right? So right. she knows how she wants to be perceived right. and she goes accordingly. Right? Absolutely. we keep that in mind as we move forward. As we move forward, yeah. It's just so, so beautiful. And that must be pretty conflicting to know that, you know, you have a slave owner in your...
1: Yeah. As part of your ancestry, right? As well as a slave. Totally. Well, and and Bell Hooks in her, like, criticized... Or didn't criticize, but said, Beyoncé has privilege in being sort of lighter skinned. But at the same time, knowing that your heritage is like that uh, complicates it. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Beyoncé occupies... I think a complicated sphere for her own self, and mm-hmm. it requires self awareness. I think to, to deal with those kinds of things, mm-hmm. and it's a maturity. I think that I didn't really appreciate about her before, yeah. before doing this research. Yeah. So
0: that's it on Beyonce. I think that's it. Wow. I love. I truly, truly love her. And
1: I, I have a new appreciation after a this new research. Yeah.
0: Actually, um, Ariana Grande's new album Sweetener came out uh, last month. And my favorite song on the album was written by Beyonce. Mm, Rem? Rem. Yeah. yeah, R-E-M. R-E-M. It was supposed to be um a demo on her self-titled album, and then she gave it to Ariana out of the goodness of her heart, I guess. Wow. So Beyonce's actually recorded a version of it, and you can find it on YouTube, and it's beautiful. Oh, it's out there. It is out there, uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, she never published it, but she yeah. recorded it, yeah. It's gorgeous. Huh. Go listen to it.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And <laughs> on that note... On that note, we will leave you... Yes, please... Follow us on Facebook if you haven't yet. Like our page, Your Lit Professor's Mixtape. And uh, subscribe on iTunes. We'll be back next week with a, or next two weeks.
0: Yeah, next fortnight. (laughs) We'll be back with you within a fortnight for another exciting episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Goodbye. Bye.